0: Blood Talk Radio. <music>
1: relationship everything you want it to be? Are you living a fulfilled, passionate life empowered with choices that ignite you to the next level? Good love makes your whole life better. So join America's good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, on a journey to your healthiest life yet. A regular on Dr. Oz and Dr. Drew, she's appeared on Oprah Good Morning America and is featured in countless publications from USA Today to Essence Magazine the creator of life-changing Get Unstuck Now, Love, Money, and Save-A-Seminars. She's counseled millions, but today she's here just for you with the hottest topics, guests, and trends. This is Good Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. Woo! All right. Hello, everyone. I am so thrilled to be with you, whether you're listening live this evening or whether it's via recording. Take a breath. And hang on, because as always, we have a very compelling topic. And the question tonight is, are men wimps and are women too male? Ouch, everybody. Let's take a look at this. Let's talk about it. After two decades, as a life and business consultant, Jennifer Granger, came to a shocking realization. She felt many of the women who came to her seeking advice were simply too masculine, too male. So she's written a groundbreaking new book called Feminine Lost, Why Most Women Are Male. Ooh, can't wait to talk to Jennifer. She says modern women have forgotten how to be feminine, and feminine isn't what you might think. Not what you might think. And one more thought on all that. Jennifer says, this too masculine woman, too wimpy man, might be why your sex life is suffering. And you'll get a chance to figure out where you are on the scale of masculinity and femininity in just a few minutes. Now, this is a subject that's sure to provoke a lot of thought. If you want to join the conversation live, call us at 347 what is that number 3479890776 at 3479890776 you can hit us back on Facebook or Twitter Dr Brenda Wade and Cliff our moderator will pick up your questions or comments and we definitely want to hear from you now let me tell you as always Here on Good Love Radio, we're focused on why good love is essential to your greatness and how to identify those old negative love patterns that might be blocking you from good love. Maybe it's too masculine if you're a woman or too feminine if you're a man. And how do you break the chains of what happened back then so you are free to experience what is happening right now. So Jennifer Granger is joining us live, everybody, from Australia. And just before we bring her in, you know we have a mantra on Good Love Radio. Let's do our mantra together because it is the cornerstone of good love and building that good love from the inside out. It goes like this, I am worthy Take a breath and just say that to yourself. You might even put your hand on your heart or your belly as you say, I am worthy and feel it. And then say, I am deserving. Yeah, feel that all the way to your toes. I am deserving. And now from the top of your head to the tips of your toes, feel this as you say it, and I am so lovable. I am worthy, and I am deserving, and I am so lovable right now. Take that in and hold that thought. I want you to repeat it as you're waking up in the morning, as you go to sleep at night, as you brush your teeth, do your shower, hold that thought. I am worthy. I am deserving. I am so lovable. And now let me tell you just a little bit more about Jennifer Granger. She's an acclaimed coach and author who's worked as a corporate insider on four continents. She hails from down under. Her latest book, Feminine Lost*, is provoking lots of discussion, as you might imagine, around the globe. She's getting some people upset. Jennifer says, when our jobs and lives demand nonstop action and assertiveness, a woman's feminine energy is overwhelmed. And we women can get out of balance. This lost feminine spark is the cause of friction for many couples, whether you are hetero or homosexual. Let's talk about it, Jennifer Granger. How are you doing? Very well, Dr. Brenda. How are you? I am great and very excited about this topic because I believe there's a lot in what you've had to say in your book that we need to look closely at. So first, let's
0: get to know Jennifer Granger. Tell us a little bit about you and your story, Jennifer. Well, I had a big story, Brenda, and it really was the loss of my feminine, so I felt that I was qualified to write about it because I had a very big journey to recover it and um, and really when i went when I opened my coaching practice, I saw that what I went through is what so many women are going through, and i 've got enough. Years on on the vehicle to say that i've been right through the feminist movement i was there from the beginning and it's been an incredible ride and without us having had that movement i would have had a horrible life that is the only way i can put it
1: hmm. but i
0: over now what but would have I made ask. it horrible tell us about that well you know um we wouldn't have been able to work in the professions we wanted to do. We wouldn't have been able to do what we wanted to do. And I was such a free spirit, you know. I started traveling at a very young age. I had big jobs. I moved around the globe. And as you know, before the movement, I don't think that I would have been allowed. Now to I'm do curious. That. I'm
1: curious, Jennifer. Was your mother a traditional
0: uh, mom mm-hmm.
1: and wife, or where did this free spiritedness come from? do you know
0: it came from her (laughs) it it really did i mean she would have been a lady in her 90s now but my mother was a feminist before the feminists she was traditional because that is what was demanded of her she was a nurse to start out in life she was a stay-at-home mom she was an amazing wife she was a beautiful woman and i loved her so much but she had this inner desire within her for more and I think that was really the the whole crux of the feminist movement. So many women had that, that feeling of there's got to be more than this. Mm. And she instilled, that, she instilled that in her daughters. You know, she used to tell us, you can be what you want to be. How many sisters um, do you have? I have only one. There were only two of us, but mm-hmm. we were a family of girls. And... Um, She was very, very encouraging. So she embraced the movement, (laughs) and um, so did we. And um, unfortunately, I embraced it a little too much.
1: Now, what do you mean by
0: that? Well, I actually did have it all. I took it all on. I married. I had a child. I then divorced. I migrated. And I ended up being a sole parent. Now, migrated from where to where? I'm curious I about migrated from. Yes, I migrated from South Africa to Australia 30 years ago. Wow. It was a big jump, Dr. Brenda. It really was. It was a culture shift like you don't even want to think about it. I thought that I spoke English. I arrived in Australia. They didn't understand me. I didn't understand them. <laughs> and, and then my marriage fell apart, and he was a European man. Um, he was Dutch. And he didn't cope with the migration. Our marriage fell apart very quickly, um, within about eight months. So I was in a strange country uh, with no family support, really brand new, had very few friends, and a small child. Ooh. And, and that was very big. And in those Oh, I can imagine
1: when, what that must have felt like for you. Bless your heart.
0: I know and in those days we were not allowed to take any money out of South Africa because there was a brain drain and a financial drain and so you left with what you had on your back and as I said I had a courageous spirit and, and an adventurous spirit and I thought oh well I'm only in my early 30s I can do this and I did but it was a very big and tough journey. Mm-hmm. And I fa- and I found uh, when I arrived in Australia, the men were really quite um, unevolved. May I say that? I think I could say that. I say that. <laughs> I, I say that to them here. So let's I, see how unevolved. That. Give us a picture of
1: unevolved. I'm picturing great big guy in one of those leather outback hats, you know, coming <laughs> and, with a kangaroo over his shoulder.
0: Oh, oh! It was almost like that walking down the the CBD, but you know, it was like you were called a Sheila, you oh, know. Goodness. And uh, yes, it was it was really very derogatory to women. And I was now a divorced now, Isn't woman. a Sheila a name for some some female animal or something? A, a Sheila is 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 a female name, but they call in those days they would call women sheilas. Oh, it, was, it was unbelievable. I, I was in such a culture shock. I thought I was really going to die. And then on top of it, um, I had had a big career already, and so I applied to my original company here, and they wanted me, but they didn't want the fact in Australia that I had a child. So I couldn't be an executive woman with a child.
1: Oh, my God, the dark ages. Now ages. a lot of people have told me that even today in terms of women's position in Australian culture it's lagging behind the US very right.
0: simple. Okay. Very, oh. very badly. Oh, so we have even... one we have only one woman in, in senior government position in in the cabinet. Only one woman. She's the Foreign Secretary and she's the only one we have. Oh my God. <laughs> Okay, so you've still still got some work to do over there. So here you are
1: with this child. (laughs) You can't be an executive woman because you have a child. So what did you do?
0: So I started applying for, I I, I didn't go near that that company again, and I applied for jobs and didn't tell them I had a child. I got very subversive. (laughs) And I I got the job, and honestly it would be a year into the job before they knew I had a child. And I did that over and over again. Um, Every time I changed positions, I never mentioned that I had a child. I I just had to do it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten the job. And, um, you know, the theory was in those days, well, you should stay at home and the government will keep you at home. You could go on Social Security. (laughs) Wouldn't that have been fun? And, of course, it just really wasn't for me and it wasn't the way I was prepared to live my life. And I couldn't leave now because, you know, my wealth was stuck in South Africa. I was here, and I was in a predicament. So what do you do when you're in a predicament? You get strong, and you move on with it. You, yeah, and um, it sounds like you did. So you picked up your petticoats, dusted exactly. them
1: off, and decided you weren't Sheila after all.
0: <laughs> no, and, what and was next they would never you? make me one, no matter how much they wanted to. And I just... I just forged ahead, and I thought I have a child to educate. This is what I've got to do, and that's what I did. And Brenda, what I did for honestly, it would have been 20 years non-stop to get this child through university and graduated. And he was in his uh, he was in his final year at school, and I collapsed in the shower. And I had no symptoms and no warning, and I just went down in the shower and to the point where I couldn't even reach up and turn the taps off.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I, and I went down with chronic fatigue, and that was it. Um, there was no way that I... I was two months finished at, out of my last contract. It was a big one. Uh, you know, I was the regional director of marketing for a very big Japanese company, and that was it. I have to say they were terribly good to me. The Japanese were very, very good to me. Um, they had valued what I'd done, and I was allowed to sit on the sofa for six months. <laughs> but I, that's a lot of time to sit and think when you've been so busy for 20 years nonstop. Wow, and your body said, okay,
1: I've been trying to Enough. get you attention. That's it. You're going down the Yeah,
0: bottom. We're done here, wow. and we're not talking anymore. Because you don't listen. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So have there actually
1: been warning signs that you had ignored?
0: There were. You know, when I looked back on it, I really knew what I'd done. I started to see what I'd done, and I know that women do this. I was tired. I was horribly fatigued. But I had this tenacious spirit and this will to support this child that I would say, I can do this. It's only another year. I can do this. It's another year before he goes to university. I can do this. And that's what I did. I kept doing that. And I I didn't realize at the time what I was doing was overriding my body with my mind. And uh, that is a very, very dangerous thing to do. Yes, it is. And And I do agree so many women do that. They they, they, do a little more, little more. And they do it, and in fairness to them, they're doing it out of necessity in many cases. They have to do it. They have children. They have mortgages to pay. They have so many commitments. And that's what they do. And... I realized that that's what we were all doing. And I started looking at my my colleagues and my peers, and I looked at my friends, and you know what? I couldn't find a feminine woman amongst us. Now, what do you mean when you say feminine woman?
1: Now, this is at the heart of the controversy. I think you're sparking with this discussion and with your book, Feminine Lost. And by the way, everybody, you are welcome to join the discussion. You can join us live at 347-989-0776, or hit us back on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Brenda Wade. Dr. Brenda Wade, we'd love to hear from you, your question or your comment.
0: Okay, Jennifer, please, what is a feminine woman? What does that mean? Well, you know, I think really what we believe a feminine woman is is someone who's very pretty and she's got very very nice clothing and she's well made up and all of that. I'm asking women to go that step further. And I was so touched when, when I heard your mantra when you said that it was about worthiness and deservedness and being lovable. And that is actually being feminine because encapsulated in that mantra is receptivity. To be a real feminine woman, you have to be able to be receptive. So, you know, what does that mean? And, you know, it took me years to work this all out. It means listening, listening to your body, being receptive to your feelings, the feelings that that go right through you. And when you can be receptive to that, you will be deserving. Now, that's what got you into trouble, then, because you weren't able
1: to be receptive to those
0: signals from
1: your body, from your emotions. And, of course, you're not alone, Jennifer. I've been on that ride right along with you and probably most of the women who are listening to us either tonight or, or by recording. We live in a culture, It's global. There are very few cultures that celebrate and honor that kind of listening to yourself. And by the way, isn't that something men need to do as well?
0: And, you know, that is the beauty of of my work is that it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. To have balance, even if you are a man, you need to be in balance with your feminine. And not on the dark side of it, on this side of it, on the light side.
1: Yeah, and, and here we are in a culture that says, hey, you're tired, go knock back some cold ones you don't have to feel. Turn on the television, you don't have to feel. Go, uh, you know, just just man up or just woman up and just get up yes. the way that you did and keep yes. going. We have, I actually wrote a whole chapter in one of my books on how anti-feminine Western culture mostly for the most part truly is it's anti feminine it's
0: not it's about feeling and you see and i mean and the worst thing for me is that i felt really guilty i mean i was an identified intuitive at the age of 7 but if you won't listen and you won't listen to your feelings you blunt your intuition yeah. and you override and you override your intuition with more Now, everybody,
1: just so that we get clear about this, everyone has intuition. I dare anybody who is listening to Jennifer and I, I dare you to tell me that you haven't had the experience of knowing who's going to be on the other end of your phone before you see who's on the caller ID, or that you haven't thought about a friend that you haven't seen in a long time or heard from in a long time, and you bump into them in the supermarket i bumped into people who live in San Francisco in India. Okay, that's how this kind of energy and your intuition is there. It's real. So everyone has it. Don't
0: think this is some mysterious thing that only Jennifer has. Not at all. But, you know, how many people act on their intuition? How many people access it? Because it takes time. It takes the ability to be. Yeah, you mean like your intuition says don't date that person and you do it anyway? (laughs) And you do it. Because you know what I feel? I feel that our thoughts are so powerful, so powerful, that we override our intuition and we think ourselves out of it.
1: Now, the intuition
0: is part of this feminine
1: that you're getting to, yeah?
0: I deeply believe that. I believe that. That is that deep part of us that is – you see, the feminine – I distinguish the feminine and the masculine very simply. The the feminine is your being side and the masculine is your doing side. Mm. So we have to have both. You're not going to be a balanced human being, you know, just sitting around being all day. You've got work to do. You've got deadlines to meet. But you do need to take time to re-access that feminine at the end of a busy day. Or even at the beginning of a busy day. Is that we
1: have those quote deadlines? I actually had to reframe that. I don't call them deadlines anymore. I call them timelines, success lines, or breathing lines.
0: I love that. Because by the time you get to the end of it,
1: you will be dead if you keep
0: pushing. Yes.
1: So Jennifer, let's cut right into this now. When you say you couldn't find any feminine women, women who are in touch with their intuition. With their feelings, how does that get in the way in a relationship? Whether you're in a heterosexual, homosexual relationship, there's always a masculine and a feminine
0: dynamic at play. Talk about all that. okay. Well, so let's shall we talk about women, um, seeing as we are? <laughs> Absolutely, I think we're both okay. qualified. <laughs> so if we're not happy with our feminine side, because we've agreed that we both have, we have masculine and feminine, if we have ignored our feminine side, if we've, if we've run roughshod over it, if we're just not connecting with it and not accessing it, we're not going to be really very happy with it. And we're going to, it, it's actually going to wither. That's the way I see it in my mind. I see everything in pictures. So I see the feminine then withering and the masculine side of yourself becoming incredibly strong. So then enter into a relationship. So now you're going to another person who also has a masculine and feminine side. And how does attraction work? Attraction will work in this way, that you're, you as a woman with a dominant masculine pole will attract a man who has a dominant feminine pole because we attract the dominant internal pole we attract the opposite so if your internal pole as a woman is masculine you're going to attract the internal feminine pole of a man so you're saying opposites attract and
1: if yes. you're a woman who's too far into this doing 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 and not being then you're going to just automatically attract a man who's in his feminine Now, how does that play out in a relationship?
0: So the man that you will attract will be a man who has much more ability to be than you do. (laughs) He's probably not going to get a lot done. You're going to do it. He might not even work. He might be a house husband. And I must say right here, I have no problem with that. Absolutely no problem. If it works for the couple, that's terrific. But my what i found with women who were coming to me it didn't work for them you know there were lots of times where they didn't want to be doing all the doing in the relationship they they were looking for something and they didn't know what it was and really what i said to them is you were looking for the balance so that you could flow between your feminine and your masculine but you need him to do that as well now this gets very complicated in relationships Well, what you're saying
1: is each person, I'm going to put together a couple of the pieces you've shared with us, and then I want you to give us the test so we know where we are on our masculine and feminine polarity. You're saying that each person has within them masculine and feminine. We need to be able to do, we need to be able to be. But to have a sexual polarity, to be attracted to someone, You want to be with your opposite. The issue is if you're a woman and you're doing, 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 you're going to be deprived of any being if you're with a man who's in his feminine all the time.
0: You're absolutely correct. Hmm. Okay, all right. Can you see how that can cause quite a few issues in relationships? Oh, I
1: have no idea what you're talking about, Jennifer. Never experienced (laughs) it. (laughs) <laughs> you just explained a lot to me, honey, about my own love life. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> well, I, well, you have a lot of sisters on the couch. I can tell you we're all there with you. So, oh <laughs> So don't right. feel lonely. Moving
1: right along. Um, <laughs> so one of the things I know that's really hard is that We, you know, high-powered women who want to make a difference in the world and we want to give our gifts and we want to be of service, and we tend to get into over-functioning, over-giving, and then that pulls us into the masculine. So now explain this quiz. You have a quiz. Explain it, and now everybody, here's your chance. You, too, can take this quiz with Jennifer and figure out where you are on the continuum. And then Jennifer is going to help us figure out how to find some balance.
0: I'm just getting the
1: quiz out. <laughs> oh, good. Let's get that quiz out. In the meantime, everybody, get your questions and comments ready. Hit us back. Oh, actually, we have our first question already. Hang on, Jennifer. Uh, thank you, Cliff. Cliff just sent us in. Uh, this one says, oh, it's a long one. Hang on. It says, I've had to raise my children after my husband died. I'm both the father and the mother to my children. My friends say I'm too masculine. What should I do? And that is from Tina
0: in San Francisco. Well, Tina, you're in a difficult situation. You're in the situation that I found myself in, is that there is no one else that you can hand any of the slack to. So you're constantly everything. And if you're raising your children, you're probably having to support them financially. So I have no doubt that you're also working a lot. So to chisel out some time for yourself has got to be a priority. I don't mind even if it's half an hour a week, but start somewhere and start reconnecting with yourself and finding that space within that you know what do you need what is it that makes you happy what is it that you need for your life and I understand that you have to raise these these little ones but you also have to be a fully functioning human being for them to really be happy because they're not going to be happy if you're not and you're not going to be happy if you're disconnected from yourself
1: Wow, that's a very, very profound answer, Jennifer, and I can so relate. And I want to add one thing for you, Tina. It's important to treat that 30 minutes a week, if that's what it's going to be, as an appointment, just like you treat any other appointment, and put it in your calendar and say, Tina time. And everyone else, borrow these benefits from Tina when I'm doing my mastermind class or seminars, I call this an up-level, and everybody gets to borrow benefits from the up-level. Make the appointment with yourself as important as anything else. Even think of it as sacred so that you'll keep that appointment. I have my Wednesday morning massage appointment. I make it as sacred as I can because it's my one opportunity. Now, this is key to bring energy back to myself, to have someone nurture me because the rest of my life I'm nurturing others. And I think that's true for so many people, men and women. We give so much of ourselves. We give so much energy. We need to pull some energy back to ourselves.
0: Yes? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Dr. Brandy, what what I want to say is I see the giving also is highly masculine and we need to be able to receive. That's our receptivity part in the feminine. And isn't giving and receiving, receiving and giving, you know, really the game of life. It's what it is. That is what balance is.
1: Wow. Yep. I agree. Get that quiz out. What do we got? Everybody, you ready? Do they need pen and paper for this? Jennifer, oh.
0: I, I don't know. What, what, whatever they would like to do, how, I don't know. how will we run it? Uh, why don't you give us, how many questions have you got on the quiz? Um, we have, oh, we have numbers of questions on the quiz. We have ten questions. All right, so let's
1: do the first five questions, and why don't you explain a little bit about what that quiz is testing Or actually, why don't you ask the questions and then explain it, because it's better to be cold on these things. Yes,
0: okay. Okay. Okay, so the first question is, do you take regular time for relaxation and reflection? There you go, Tina. (laughs) All right, yes or no, eh? (laughs) Yes or no, and that's why it's really important. And it's A, I find time every day to reflect. I don't have time for quiet reflection. I make it a point to sit quietly at least once a week to relax and reflect on my life. I don't believe that any kind of meditation or reflection really helps. Hmm. Good question. All right. Everybody, are you A, B,
1: C, or D? Write that letter
0: down. All right. What's next? And our next question is, you have just heard that a friend has become ill. How do you respond? Leave it to the doctor. They know what's what's best. I immediately ask if there's anything I can do to help. I call the friend in a couple of weeks and see if they're okay and feeling better. I offer to pick up the friend's children from school and deliver a casserole for dinner. Holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) Difficult, isn't it?
1: No, it's not difficult. difficult. I'm just going, I know where I am on that one. (laughs) Okay, give us a couple more questions and then explain a little bit. Number number three,
0: Uh, you notice a colleague is being bullied at work. What do you do? I do nothing and pretend I haven't noticed. It won't help to get involved. I take the person aside and offer support, like taking them out to lunch. C, I feel compassion for them, but I leave them to handle the situation on their own. D, I do not hesitate to speak up on their behalf when an opportunity arises. Interesting.
1: Very interesting question. Okay, let's do one more Everybody, are you A, B, C or D?
0: Or D. Write down your letter. And number four, you are after dinner uh, on a dinner date and the bill arrives. What do you do? I pretend the A, I pretend the bill hasn't arrived and wait to see what the other person does about it. I pick the bill up without hesitation and pay the full amount. Or C, I'm ready to pay my portion of the meal but I wait for the other person to take the lead. Or D, I pick the bill up and calculate the exact amount we each owe. Then I ask my date for their portion. Ouch. <laughs> ouch. Yeah, ouch. Okay.
1: It's going on. So, This stuff is going on out there. Yeah, with these questions, what would you say is the more masculine or feminine in the
0: questions that you just asked? Well, if we, if we just go to the last one. Um, yeah, I would say question D is definitely masculine. And um, so, if you know, you, uh, so when you say masculine, you
1: mean if you do that last answer where you pick it up, calculate it, and say, okay, here's mine, here's yours, that's masculine?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it. but you're on a date. This is not good. If you're a woman doing this, this is not good. If you're a woman who
1: is with a masculine partner and you want that polarity, which is where all the sexual attraction is, what? this is not good.
0: No, and that's how you've got to look at these questions. It's like, how do you want How do you want this? There are a few little tricks in this quiz, Dr. Brenda. I have to just point out, because we use sort of the dark feminine as well in these questions, which... Now, which what does it mean uh, by dark feminine? What is you know, dark feminine? You know, well, I sort of call it the negative feminine or the shadowy feminine you know feminine that isn't in good shape it's n- it's not in the good light it's feminine but it's not it's not maybe very honest it's gone into other realms and now you know, so you know but that i'm not you sure you want to go there
1: feminine oh yeah yeah i yes. want to go there yes what is
0: what oh you is want bizarre? to go there? okay shadowy
1: okay. faux feminine what Shadow is the first
0: feminine woman yes well, yes, she was. She was a difficult one, and I, I made a decision in the practice that I wouldn't work with her. Um, I, you know, I felt that I couldn't work with everybody. There's only so many hours in the day, and this was not a person that I wanted to spend time with. Because what I found, I took one or two on, and there's no desire for change. And when I was sharing some very, uh, very good material with them. Uh, what I found that they did was they took the material and used it as a better manipulation tool in their little, in their little kit. These women are highly, highly manipulative. They're not honest. I didn't find any honesty or any genuine uh, spirit of generosity within them. And um, unfortunately, those people have to be with us. Um, that's also balance in the universe. Not everything can be light and sweet. And so you're marvelous. saying that
1: a faux feminine woman is a taker
0: and yes. who isn't honest. Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay. So her, So she takes the receptivity, which is feminine, and turns it around and it becomes a taking mechanism. So she's not really receiving, she's taking. Now, what would a woman do
1: who was able to receive? How would it be different?
0: Well, if she was able to receive, she wouldn't be manipulating because she'd be in a state of, of allowance. That's another big key feminine trait is allowance. And it is allowance that also allows abundance to come to you. You know, you need receptivity and you need the ability to allow. So why, So what is the ability to allow? That means that you have to be able to let go. You can't control everything.
1: Okay. Now, you're getting deep here. You're getting deep, Jennifer. I, I love it. Deep. All right. Every one of us has known someone, think about it, everybody, who was a taker unable to actually allow receiving. And the difference, I, I'm very clear on what you're saying, Jennifer. The difference is a taker manipulates, takes all they can, and there isn't an exchange of energy. There isn't a giving Correct. back anyway.
0: Correct.
1: Now, the Correct. difference with receptivity is that there's flow. They Correct. receive and they give something back. There's a, there's a
0: flow, and you can feel that. You can actually feel and I, it. That is so beautiful that you could say that, Brenda, because when I'm in the rooms, I have, a, I have a very simple drawing of a gingerbread man with a line down the middle with masculine and feminine, you know, a big M and a big F at the top. And then I say, you know, the energy comes in through the feminine, and it leads again through the masculine, it does a big loop, it comes back in through the feminine, leads through the masculine. We have this, it, the beautiful eight, you know, the lopsided eight, which is the infinity sign. We have an infinity sign of energy going, flowing between the two sides of our nature and that's what makes us balanced and that's what makes us not takers, but we are able to receive from, from life and we're able to give back to life.
1: Okay, if we had a faux feminine, we wouldn't have the infinity sign. What we would have is somebody sucking one side of the infinity sign off. Okay, got it. All right, now, how do people rate themselves on these questions? If you find that you're the one who's grabbing the check, figuring it out on a date, and saying, okay, here's my share, here's yours, what would a feminine person do if they weren't doing that in the very masculine you know
0: what i you know with that one i think a feminine person would be number c i'm ready to pay my portion of the meal but i wait for the other person to take the lead because allow if it's a man and you want him to be in his masculine the mask and you you want that you want to feel that remember you're on a date and you need to to be on a date i think it's really nice to feel your feminine allow him to take the action because that's what the masculine is it's it's action oriented and it initiates so if he doesn't pick that bill up then you know what you're dealing with you're not dealing with a a masculine or action oriented man and you'll know right from the start where you stand in this relationship you'll know who he is and that's why I say to women as well, in, in a love relationship, in an intimate relationship, wait to be asked, wait for be in that receptivity, because you want to see the levels of his direction, of his ability to initiate, and his ability to show some kind of leadership. And it's not that you're going to want him to be the leader all the time, and it's not that you're going to want him to um, support you financially all the time, it's not any of that. But in a, in a love relationship, surely it is a beautiful thing to feel your feminine. So, yeah, when you're so What you're debate. saying
1: is there's a difference between the masculine versus those yahoos you were talking about earlier who were calling exactly. women Sheila's and, and all of that. You know, yes. okay. okay, so that's the difference. Now, yes. say a little bit more about a man who's in balance with his masculine and feminine he picks up the check
0: he pays yes. it
1: he doesn't does, have he,
0: a does he say you know how do you feel about splitting this what if he says that you know I'm really questioning his manhood right up the front I'm just questioning it you're on a date it's not like you're a couple of friends if you're a couple of friends having lunch or a couple of friends going to dinner that's fine but you're on a date you know, do you want to split this? You know how many women tell me that this is what they encounter on dates all the time? I mean, how are you supposed to then feel your receptivity? How are you supposed to feel your allowance? How are you, start to, how are you supposed to relax and feel your feelings? If you're now having to sort of look after the money.
1: Okay, it, so what just, you're saying is this throws off the vibe. We've yes, now I, lost I think that polarity.
0: We've lost that
1: sexy attraction vibe. Yes. A little bit of that. I can
0: relax and flow. Can let go. And, I can yeah. let go. Okay. You know, I'm okay. in good hands here. And then the worst, the worst thing that women tell me, after he's asked to split the check, you know, he expects, you know, to have sex that night with someone he might, they've only met once or twice now i, I don't know if this is just, just, just australia america. but i think it's i think i think it's america my clients are all around the world and it's not okay i don't think it's okay all right and you're saying it's not okay strictly because it changes the vibe and the
1: relationship becomes one in which a woman can't feel her feelings and open and be receptive therefore not sexy not sexy i don't think
0: so i don't know how you feel about it but but i
1: I, I know there are women who would definitely argue with with you on this and say well wait a minute you know i'm an equal that's putting me in a subservient position what are you crazy that sounds very 1950s i mean what would you say to that argument
0: well i would say you're absolutely never in a subservient position if you've got that going on in your head then you're still battling everything within yourself see i don't have that those feelings brenda i don't have those feelings at all i know that i'm an equal person and i have to take this little moment i believe that even before men said that you know we had to get permission to be equal i've always known that women are equal i just know that in through every fiber of my being i know that because how could we not be we are, we, are, we are part of God's children. We were. So we're here together. We how know that, we that intrinsically
1: equal? we are. That's one statement, and to know that. But the thing we're getting to now is how do we, as male and female beings, work with that in a relationship and
0: on a date? It, and it's about the being on the the date that we're talking about here. I'm not talking about if we're out with friends and we're paying our way. That is a different story. Okay, I I have a question here that that might help us.
1: It's from a man. Hang on. All right, this man says, hang on, hang on. Uh, Are there male characteristics for a man which reveals a balanced person and potentially a great partner? And this is Mike from Albuquerque.
0: Mike, there absolutely are traits in uh, male traits that are wonderful traits that will um, see you as a balanced man. And one of those traits is the ability to give. Because the, the feminine is receptive, the masculine is that giving part of ourselves it goes out into the world it's it's the part that goes out it's the doing part it's the action part it's um the part that initiates things and it's directive it will take you know it, it gives direction and it gives leadership and so if you couple that with those beautiful feminine traits and it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman having both these traits in one person would make an extremely balanced human being But when you're out on a date, I think that's what women are still looking for, and it doesn't mean that it carries, that that's what they're looking to do, that they then have to stay home with the white picket fence. That's not what we're talking about. But I still think that we're equal but different. And to accentuate that difference in a love relationship, you will create a beautiful vibe, and you can flow in and out of it. I mean, we're talking... um, the ultimate, really. It's the ultimate balance, and most of us aren't there, but it is something to reach for. Okay, so you've
1: talked a bit in your book about andro woman, the cougar, the good
0: doer. What are these female archetypes? What's andro woman? The andro woman is, you know, I took it from the root of the word androgynous, which is, you know, man. The andro part is the man bit, And she is she's almost lost connection with her feminine altogether. And it makes her quite villainous. So I called her the villainous Sandra because she is, she can just... I've seen this woman in business. I mean, believe me, I've worked 30 years with this woman in business. She's ruthless. Do not get in her way. She will take you out. And she, wow. has, she has a lot of tools in her toolbox to make sure you don't get in her way. Okay, what about the conqueror? And the cougar is masculine as well, because just as we've described uh, for Mike now, it's that it's the going after. It's, she predates on younger men; she's a predator. So that she's operating from her masculine. I see. So she's she's praying. the hunter.
1: All right, and then the good
0: doer. And the good doer, a beautiful woman, and if you've got a good doer in your life, you're a blessed person. This woman never sits down. She's on the go all the time. You know, she, she could be Tina, you know, who's got three children and she's got a job and she's got her house to keep clean, she's got cooking to do, she's got elderly parents, she's got a friend who needs a casserole, she's got so much going on in her life. And she just never closes a calendar. And she's the she one doesn't... that's going to end up in
1: the shower, unable to turn off the water. That's the girl. Unless she's making time for herself. Exactly. And in her relationship, if she's in one, she's going it's... to end up maybe being, a lot, like a lot of couples that I work with in you know, my private practice and seminars, couples who come in who haven't had sex for five years.
0: Yeah, because she's, she's tired. She's worn out. She yeah. doesn't have time to think about that. And that's about the vibe again. So it would... Well, it's also, let, the, let me say
1: one other thing. Let me just take our conversation just for a moment into the realm of science. You guys all know I'm a geek. You all know yes. that I stand on hard science because that's my background. When women are exhausted, it's true for men too, we lose the hormones that make us feel good and make us feel sexy. Men lose testosterone, women lose estrogen. Estrogen is a feel-good hormone. Oxytocin makes us feel good as women. We're exhausted. Our body stops producing those hormones. We go out of balance. And we feel tired, cranky, unsexy. And if a woman is exhausted for too long, we get the condition we call anxiety or depression or both. And then the long road down that spiral into illness has begun because the body gets the last word, whether we like it or not. So this whole idea that Jennifer is talking about, I think for both genders, we need to be aware of replenishing ourselves on a physical level. And the way to do that, we actually, Jennifer, are are doing a class this weekend called Outrageous Abundance, Seven Secrets to Outrageous Abundance. And we're going to have Bruce Cryer, who was one of the co-founders and the president of HeartMath. And he's going to show people on the the actual equipment how emotion is so powerful that it affects the heart in a very dramatic way. So all of this, what Jennifer is saying, I want to... Get all my my geeky science-oriented friends. I want you all to understand, she's not talking woo-woo and sexual attraction in an abstract way. Whether you like it or not, your body is going to produce hormones that are directly correlated to how much self-care and rest and all this nurturing, because that's the word that comes up for me, Jennifer. You're talking Mm -hmm. about nurturing. Nurturing. Absolutely.
0: And without nurturing, where are we? Life would be so desolate. Well, for a lot of people, it is desolate.
1: You know, a lot of women, I have a friend who's been working on a book for years about women who overdo it, and she's never finished the book. Guess why? Why not?
0: Because she's overdoing it. She's
1: (laughs) tired.
0: She's overdoing it.
1: She's busy overdoing it. So she never gets her book finished, and it's it's like a Gosh. running joke. So, what about this idea of an alpha male
0: not, not wanting
1: a masculine-oriented woman?
0: Well, the alpha male—I don't—I th- think there are very few alpha males around right now. <laughs> I think he's he's a dying breed. But he 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 can't if he, if he is genuinely very firmly rooted in his masculine energy he will not be attracted to a woman who is you know also masculine during the day she might have a very successful career she might be very busy she might what? it's not going to be appealing for him it's her, her masculine and his masculine are going to clash they'll clash and own. they also
1: neutralize each other because this business yeah. of opposites attracting that's where all the spark is that's where exactly. the fire is. It's like taking right. that little sulfur match and putting some wood in there. Or putting, excuse me, that was a terrible thing. We all, never mind. Moving on, putting, putting the light in there. Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know what I'm saying, everybody. I do. <laughs> all right. So give us the most important things that you think women need to do. You're saying femininity is lost. It's affecting our health, it's affecting our well-being, and above all, affecting our relationships. So what do women need to do to cultivate more of this feminine? And if you're in a same-gender relationship, listen carefully, because somebody's got to be in the feminine energy and somebody's got to be in the masculine. All right,
0: so what do we do to get in the feminine? Well, you know, firstly, you have to become a little more conscious and stop running on a, a treadmill, because running on a treadmill just makes you a, a robot, and that robotic action will disconnect you from your feminine. So you're going to have to be a lot more present to your day, present to every moment, if you can possibly, because that's the ultimate, the ultimate way of being the way I see it, is finding presence in every moment, in every day. That is being. And that is very difficult to do. It's a practice. But what if you are the can best ways best. to
1: approach that? You're saying we yeah, need I, to be present. What are some of the best ways to do it? Give us maybe your top two. And then everyone just you. has to go pick up this book. Feminine Lost or hit Jennifer's website, Jennifer Granger, and the website is triple com Now, what do we do? What are your top
0: two? so Firstly, you've got to stop thinking ahead. You know, you can you can do your planning, but then when you sit down to do your work and I'm I'm talking about working women because I think just just about all of us are Sit down to do your work. Be conscious of what you're doing that's right in front of you, however mundane it might be. Do that. Do not leave the moment. And suddenly you're going to find a lot of change is going to occur for you. You're going to get more time and you're going to be less stressed. And I really promise this. I had, to, I had to really practice this and I had to really learn how to do this because I was in a bad way. I had to do a lot of things to be well again. And if you can do that, you're going to gradually get into a state of being and the rush is going to go. Interesting. And then they, Interesting. So, so
1: You're saying we shouldn't be multitasking and doing three no, or four I don't things at in a time? A,
0: yeah i think it's really i think you should start thinking of monotasking <laughs> and, and 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 really go back that way one thing at a time everything will get done but if you give everything that moment's attention it will get done and the next thing will follow and you won't be split and i think your energy splits when you're multitasking you know you you're fracturing your energy and once you start doing that, I mean, I also have, you know, I'm also a shamanic practitioner. Once you, once you fracture your energy, all sorts of bad things can happen to
1: you. That is the most interesting perspective on that I've ever heard. I've never heard about fracturing the energy when you multitask. Now, mind you, many years ago when the book The Type A Personality came out, I remember way back then, The author, whose name escapes me at the moment, said, "Hey, you know what? If you're multitasking, you become emotionally blunted.
0: Absolutely, I would
1: shut down emotionally. And you're saying you're actually fracturing energy. Ooh, ouch! That's not good, is
0: it? It's not. No, it's not. not. The one
1: thing to do is monotask. A second thing to Mm -hmm. do is spend time each day." Being fully
0: present. Now that leads us into the realm of meditation, doesn't it? It certainly does. Well, I taught meditation for many years, and I just think it would be beautiful if everybody could do that and it's not always possible so what i say to busy women if you can just get into a state of presence you will be in a state of beingness once you're in that state of being your receptivity is going to be there you're going to have great listening skills and i'm not only talking about listening to others you'll be able to listen to yourself
1: and that is probably the most important takeaway from our conversation tonight, everyone. We're talking with Jennifer Granger, live from Down Under in Australia. She's the author of Feminine Lost, and you can reach her via her website, com. Jennifer, deep and powerful insights. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to share those with us tonight. A lot to think about here. I may have to give up multitasking. I don't know about that. You think so? (laughs) And at the end of the day, everyone, because this is Good Love Radio, the thing that's important is to remember that all of this affects who we are and how we are with ourselves, and isn't that the key, to having a healthy love life. Cool cities <laughs> All right. Well, Jennifer, this has been a pleasure. Just loved chatting with you. And everyone, if you want more balance in your life and you want to really look deeply at your connection with yourself, join us this coming weekend here live in our Good Love Academy right here in San Francisco. I'm sitting in our classroom as we speak for a complimentary event. It's free of charge, and this event is Seven Secrets to Outrageous Abundance and Fulfillment. And a big piece of fulfillment is being present with yourself. Join us with our special guest. We have Phyllis Newhouse, who's going to talk about the science of getting rich, and it's not what you think, although she is a multimillionaire who's been in Forbes magazine twice this year already she's going to share her secrets to getting rich and being a powerful woman entrepreneur we also have Bruce Cryer who was the president of HeartMath Institute for 11 years who is actually bringing the HeartMath equipment so that you can see what happens to your heart depending on how you feel and how present you are so be here join the fun and coming up on Good Love Radio, we have Dr. L.B. Wish who is going to talk about sex, money, and breakups. We've got so much ahead, everyone. I want to thank our wonderful producer, Mr. LeGrand Green, our associate producer, Cliff Dunning, and thank you to all of you for being part of our Good Love family around the globe. And I say to all of you, Keep working on good love. Blessings. Thanks again, Jennifer Granger. Mm -hmm. Good night, everyone.